You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol, and welcome back from your vacation. And hello and welcome to all our listeners to Episode 8. Today's show is a day of first. It's the first episode of 2019. Happy New Year, by the way. And it's also the first interview we're doing in the podcast. I want to get the new year off to a good start, so I'm sharing this particular episode because it's something I think you'll find uplifting. You know, most of us have at least one or two relationships we would characterize as good, as healthy. There's nothing wrong at all with them. And while we're doing just fine in these relationships, we don't want to miss an opportunity to make them even better, to take them to a new level. In this episode, you'll hear a story about how several people did just that. I think you'll find their example inspiring. I'm not going to say much more now, reserving my comments until the end of the interview. I'll just say you'll be hearing from Charlie and Ruth Shirley about a particular relational event that was quite meaningful to everyone involved in their story. As you listen, notice the different relationships that are part of the story and the dynamics going on between them. So I'm here tonight with my good friends uh, Charlie and Ruth Shirley in their living room, and and Janet, my wife. Janet, wave to all our listeners. And uh, um, there's something interesting that I wanted to to, to talk about. And it's actually a, a Facebook post that Charlie posted back on September 16th in 2012. And I just want to read it to you, and there's a picture that goes with it that I will uh, do the best I can to describe. And Charlie wrote on that, on that day in September of 2012, he said, I absolutely cherish my wife, Ruth. About five weeks ago, she and my youngest daughter were driving back from the East Coast, where they had just, just dropped off my oldest daughter at graduate school. As they drove west, they passed through Youngstown, Ohio. The city is a special place and holds some of my most cherished memories of life. Youngstown is where my first wife, Bev, was from and where we got married one bright sunny September day almost 30 years ago. We went on our honeymoon and a couple of weeks later we were back at our home in Dallas, Texas. Tragically, late one Saturday night, just five months after the wedding, we were driving home from a Bible study. A drunken driver lost control of his truck and broadsided our car. Bev was critically injured and after lingering in a coma for six days, died from her injuries. The funeral was back in her hometown, Youngstown, Ohio, and that's where she was buried. Several years ago, I was talking to my youngest daughter about Bev and mentioned that if she was ever near Youngstown to please go by the grave and pay her respects. So Lucy and Ruth found the cemetery and located Bev's grave. And then there's a picture on this Facebook post, and I'll do the best I can to describe it. It's a flat piece of ground, and there's a grave marker flush with the ground, not very very big at all, concrete grave or marble, I'm not sure what it was. 
And over uh, the gravestone is a picture of Ruth, Ruth's head and her shoulders. She was wearing a powder blue uh, shirt, and she's cleaning around the grave. And above Ruth is a shadow, a shadow of their daughter, Lucy, who's taking the picture. The Facebook post goes on to say, uh, Bev's marker was overgrown with grass, and Ruth, ever the gardener, worked diligently to make it tidy. So while Ruth clipped weeds and grass, Lucy snapped this picture. I cried when I saw it. Ruth cleaning Bev's grave marker. So, so Charlie, tell me, tell me what prompted that and how you processed all of that and what was going through your mind. And we you talked about it uh, quite recently. Um, well, I was at work <clears throat> the day and, and I got a phone call from Lucy and I know she and Ruth were driving, um, back home and Lucy said, Hey, we're going to get ready. We're getting ready to go through Youngstown, Ohio. And I just remembered what you'd said and, uh, you know, wanted to go, um, visit the grave. Do you remember where the cemetery is or do you have an address? And I had to go look at a Google map and try to kind of figure out where it was. I didn't know the street or the road it was on or anything. And I just knew that the elementary school where Bev had gone um, as, a, as a kid um, was right across the street from the cemetery. And so looking at all the different possibilities on a Google map, I, I figured out the location and told Lucy the name of the cemetery and where it was. Um, and then once they got there, she called again and said, well, now where do we go? Where do we go to find the grave? And um, I said, well, it's kind of up the main road and it's, you're facing the, like there's a chapel in the middle of the cemetery and about maybe two thirds of the way from the entrance to the chapel, you want to stop and get out. And it's probably about 20 yards off to your right. And so Lucy is walking along in the cemetery, looking at these flat grave markers, some of them really overgrown with weeds, others you know, better kept. And um, she was walking along and then and talking to me, telling me, you know, what she was looking at. And then all of a sudden there was just this pause. And Lucy just, it was kind of a gasp, kind of like, oh, I found it. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it was just, I don't know, I can't remember all the things going through my mind, but there was sort of this um, cl- closing the loop here, you know, here... Um, Lucy's the second daughter. Bev was the second daughter for the Hackett's, and um, uh-huh. I, I, you know, I just thought of, wow, you know, this. Is, I've always kind of wondered if would I ever get back to the cemetery again, and you know, would I ever, would you know, the kids ever see this or make this connection? And it was just neat that Lucy remembered, and that Ruth. Um, they were driving all the way across the country from Connecticut, Connecticut all the way home to Wisconsin in one day, and I knew they were <laughs> pushed for time, but they stopped. And took the time to make this visit. Mm-hmm. Wow! And and Ruth, what what were, what did you experience with all of that? What was how how did that work for you? And what was going through your mind when you're heading back home? I, I didn't even realize that we were going to be that route was going to take us past Youngstown, and it wasn't until Lucy said something that said, "You know, Mom, we're we're, we're by Youngstown." Dad's always said, you know, we should stop at Bev's grave. And uh, honestly, my first inclination was, we've had a really long weekend. It was hot. Moving our oldest daughter in 
on the third floor of an apartment and furniture and I kind of thought oh, well but I, but I knew it would really it meant a lot to Lucy and I knew it would mean a lot to Charlie and I said sure sure let's go so yeah. you know we pulled off and then you had a hard time finding the grave. Right? Yeah, we were both walking around just um, mm-hmm. randomly. But Lucy yeah. is the one who uh, found it first. Yeah. One of the things I noticed in the picture, um, you're cleaning it with your car keys. <laughs> you know, yeah. that I, I, that's all you had. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had. We had nothing in the car, not not even a plastic knife from a drive-thru but um yeah it was just it was it just looked kind of sad and forlorn forlorn so yeah yeah the thing that that impressed me about that is the fact that you used the little that you had to to do good to do good to honor charlie to honor to honor lucy i just (laughs) i just think that was that was beautiful when we were talking about this earlier this morning in church, you said uh, it was holy ground for you. Can can you explain that at all, or can you describe that? Or um, yeah, it was just a feeling. I mean, once I had you know heard about Bev, I had seen pictures of Bev, you know, I'd seen their wedding pictures, but yet I'd never met her. And suddenly, just to be standing there in front of her her grave marker um, just made it that much more real and mm-hmm. um, and just uh, I just I, I felt um, humbled that I hadn't that at first I hadn't even wanted to stop my first inclination was oh, I just want to get home but then once once we stopped and um, and yeah. saw the site, and and I saw how it had impacted Lucy tremendously. Mm. I mean, um, mm. you know, we both just sat there and sort of stared at it for a while, and then I looked up at her, and she was crying, and then I started crying, and <laughs> and yeah, it was. Mm. I just felt like we were standing on holy ground. Did Lucy talk more about that afterwards or on the way home? Uh. Um, I spoke with Lucy about this whole episode just this week. And and I asked her, I said, you know, why, why was that so important for you to want to stop? And of course she said she wanted to honor Dad and, and she wanted to honor Bev. But... Um, she said something like um, she just felt connected to this woman that she'd never met wow. and that you know often we're attached to people in ways we just don't even know or understand mm. so wow that's very powerful you know as I look at the picture uh, I never really paid much attention to the shadow but you talked about it this morning Charlie And I think that was one of the things that um, there were so many things about the picture. Um, one, that just evidence that they had taken the time to go visit Beth's grave. <clears throat> Being that far away, yeah. since she was buried, I had only been back there twice. 
once was a month later and the other time was maybe six years later. So it had been years and years and years since I'd been up there. And so they took the time to visit and I could see that. Um, the fact that the marker was uh, overgrown mm-hmm. was sad, realizing yeah. that um, her mom and dad have both passed away by this point. Her sister lives in Atlanta, and so there's really no one from the family mm. that lives in the area, cousins or whatever, but that nobody would go by the grave wow. and would clean up um, you know, the markers. Um, in fact, Bev's mom's uh, marker has never been completed. The death date's not on there, but I know she died you know, 15 or 16 years ago. Um, but it was just that it was sad that it was overgrown, but that Ruth, um, who wanted to make it look good, mm-hmm. and it was just like, and nobody's, nobody's going to see this. You know, really, um, the guy driving the tractor that mows the grass is probably not going to look down and say, oh, that one's clear. But it was just, it was just that, that effort, the fact yeah. that she thought, oh, this needs to be cleaned up. And it was a, a little bit funny because Ruth likes to garden, and she sees vegetation that's overgrown and she wants to, to clean it up. So it's just Ruth being Ruth, but yet um, Ruth, the respect that Ruth was showing. And then just the picture of the fact you can see Lucy in the picture without Lucy being in the picture and that it's yeah. her shadow. And yeah. it just, you know, it's the kind of that whole shadow of um, the future um, that I wondered when the day she was buried what is the future going to be like? What What's going to happen? You know, am I going to get remarried? You know, will I ever have kids? And all this. And the, the kind of the picture just caught it all together. Yeah. Um, and just as, uh, in a sense, you know, the fact I was married for five months, um, I knew Bev all of a total of 21 months from the time we met, started dating, got engaged, got married, mm-hmm. she died. Um there's been that shadow of her life and how it intersected mine and what that meant, you know, all my life. And so there's just kind of like, but it's okay. It's, it's, um, it was very healing, I guess, to see the picture, I think would be the best way to put it. Um, just every, everybody's involvement in it, that Lucy remembered that Ruth wanted to take the time to stop and that Ruth wanted to clean it up and Lucy wanted to take a picture. Wow. You know, I hadn't thought of it in those terms about healing. That this that this photo and this event was really a a healing kind of thing for you. That's great. I've always, you know, it's kind of like the rest of the story. And when some tragic hap- something tragic happens, or you go through a difficult time, a lot of times you you wonder what's the future? What's my future perspective of this moment going to be like? Yeah. And how can I kind of, you know go back to the future and then and, and look back to the present um, and put this in perspective. I think that was it. It was just this this kind of like, ah, so this is the rest of the story. This is how how things played out. Yeah. And they played out it played out well. Yeah. It was it was so much more of a blessing. Um, it, it I'm so grateful for Ruth's and my marriage, 30, 33 years, yeah. Um, and then my two, two daughters grown, and just the blessings I've had in life and the, the joys I've had in life. And sometimes it's like, that's not right. You know, why should I get, why should I as a survivor get to enjoy life? But yet I know God, you know, yeah. 
God permits that and that healing uh, does happen. I remember at the the calling hours, the wake for Bev, hundreds of people came through the line. I had injured my hand in the accident and and um, people wanted to shake my hand and people that I never knew just came by one after another. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And there was one guy who came through and he, his comment, it's that awkwardness of what do you say to someone who's lost their wife of just five months? And he said, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. You'll get over it. <laughs> it was kind of an insensitive comment at the time. And I was so angry that he would say it, you know, she's not an it and I won't get over it. But yet to this day now, whatever many years later, his comment is the only one that I remember. And in, in a sense, in a healing sense, it's true. You do heal from the situation. It's not like you get over it and you forget about it. But healing healing happens. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't always easy, you know. But it, I think, um, yeah, I, I just have a hard time sometimes realizing how blessed I've been wow. in spite of <clears throat> that tragedy. Yeah, that's great. So, Ruth, I understand uh, you're not on Facebook, but somehow you found out about what your husband had written. How did how did that how did that come about, and what happened? Um, I was at work, and uh, people kept coming up to me in the hallway and saying, "Oh, Charlie wrote the sweetest thing about you on Facebook," and I was like, "Oh, thanks." And then, um, you know, two minutes later, someone else came up to me and said the same thing, and I was like, "I." that's really nice. I don't know what he's thinking to myself. I don't know what he said. And by the time a third person came up and said, oh, that was so sweet of you and Lucy to stop at the cemetery. You know, then obviously I put it all together. (laughs) But um, yeah, I was, I was stunned. I was stunned. I had the picture for probably five weeks at that point. And I'd really struggled to figure out what, how, how do you post this and I was trying to figure out what does it mean to me what how do I summarize all my thoughts um it's not like I was grieving but I think it was just how do I share something that's been so healing in my life and um the, the just the circumstances and um yeah, that's that's great, Charlie. I mean, it just it really is such a, a healing thing and such a caring thing, such a wonderful thing that you did, Ruth, just uh, to do that for your husband's deceased spouse. That was just just beautiful. It's very touching, um, and I think a lot of people have been impacted by this. I know you gave me permission to use this at workshops that that I put on and how we can better care for each other, and people always talk about this. Uh, when I flash it up on the screen, the picture, and read what you wrote, uh, people are just stunned. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time, both of you, to uh, share this with our audience. And uh, uh, I'm sure people are going to benefit from it. So thank you again. I don't know about you, but this interview really touched me. In reflecting upon it, I came away with eight lessons I learned from my conversation with Charlie and Ruth. I spoke with Carol about them, and she said if I talk about them now, it would detract from the power of the interview itself. Just get off the air as quickly as you can with her advice, so I'm going to do just that. But you can find the eight lessons I came away with in the show notes below. I also included the actual photo that Lucy took and that Charlie wrote about on Facebook. 
Before I close, though, here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sentence. God is at work in beautiful and sometimes mysterious ways to bring healing, closure, and comfort to people in a manner that reflects his image and character of a God who loves us more than we can ever imagine. To respond to today's episode, I'd suggest asking yourself these two questions. Where have you seen God care for you in unusual or mysterious ways? And the second question is, what are the opportunities God is placing in front of you to honor someone or to care for another in ways that reflect the image and character of God? Well, that's it for today's show. In next week's episode, we'll talk about four levels of relationship skill development. Relationships require skill, and the good news is that anyone with the right heart can learn those skills if they really want to. We'll show you how. And then finally, our quote of the week is this. Often we are attached to people in ways we don't understand. Guess who said that? Of course you know that. Ruth Shirley and her daughter Lucy. Well, thank you for listening in to today's episode, and we hope you come back next week. Have a great week. Bye now.